Greetings, greetings. <clears throat> Let me start over. Greetings, my name is James Major Burns, and unlike most of you today, I woke up like this. Hi, hello America. This is third degree, oh shit. <laughs> gonna keep that in there <laughs> i'm so sorry i hit my knee on the table <laughs> this is third degree with james major burns and i am your host james major burns and i'm so happy to be here with you all thank you thank you thank you all and with me today oh something like that something like that i saw you're going maybe maybe not maybe not but um, today I have with me a very dear friend of mine, one of the most talented people I know <clears throat> at the moment, um, Michaela Monique Moore, ladies and gentlemen. How are you? Who? Michaela. Michaela Monique. Mm-hmm. Michaela Monique. Say what? Michaela Monique Moore. How are you doing today, Michaela? I'm fantastic. I'm doing great. How are you, James? I am doing well. Let's make sure we speak up for the people. So, you guys, <clears throat> sorry. This <laughs> podcast is something that I've been wanting to do for a while now. I started off trying to do something by myself, but I actually got sidetracked into something that became very successful to me and something that was life changing for me in another podcast. Three and a half gays, ladies and gentlemen. Gays. Yes, the podcast three and a half gays that I was with some friends on that show, but we have moved on to a new journey and I am here and we are ready to get into some conversation. Let's go. Let's go. So I'll just tell you a little bit about why I wanted to start this podcast and that was just to be able to express myself in another different way, in another format where I can just share my feelings with people and just to see what I could receive from it and what somebody else could receive from it. So I'm going to be talking today with Michaela, Monique, Monique, Monique Moore. My mom has stuttering problems. Yeah. She's a very, 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 very nice lady. Sorry. I can't, I shouldn't do that, huh? <laughs> Wait, we already started off bad. Wait, we're going to have to take that out. But you know, it's all right. Mm. It's all right. Okay, I apologize. She, my mom don't got a, a stuttering problem, y'all. Right, and we have no problems with anybody who does. But let me, can it's we a, talk about that for a second? It's an inside joke. So, when people do have disabilities, I kind of feel like we should be treating them equally. Oh, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, what kind of, like, growing up in school, I'm like, I'm, if you walking down the school, down the hallway, I'm gonna trip you, just like I'm gonna trip anybody else. <laughs> now, not if you have like a physical disability, but you know, for the kids that they consider to be in the learning disability classes, I always thought that they were smart, you know. <laughs> so I would play life. tricks on them and stuff too. Like one time, I hit this guy in the head with a deck of cards. <laughs> it was a magic trick. I had learned a magic trick, and I'm like. Had you knock some cards on the ground, and when you, I was like, "Is this your card?" And you lean down to get it, I would hit you on the back of the head with a deck of cards. (laughs) At the time, girl, I wasn't, I was in the seventh grade, okay. Okay. And um, but I always felt like they should be treated 
equally in that manner also. So, like, you know, if something happened with them, laugh, because I'm like, no, we did that together, but I'm sure that it could come off in an offensive way. And I do not mean it. Or offensive opposed to just regular bullying. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Okay. But I I apologize for it then, I apologize for it now. I didn't mean it in any way. Right, because we live in a very sensitive time period. Yes. And just try to live with the light and positiveness in your life. But anyway, we're talking with Michaela, Michaela, Monique, Monique, Monique Moore, and we are going to talk about our lives as performers. And sometimes we could be very lazy, mm-hmm. even with the very thing that we love, you know? Yeah. So you're in a show right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how's that going? Be honest. Really? Pleasantly. Okay. Um, honestly, it's, it's actually, it's going better than I thought it would be because um, my intentions behind doing the show weren't 100% the best. Like, I didn't necessarily do it. Like, you know, a lot of people do shows like, oh, I always wanted to do this or because there was a role or some aspect of the show that drew them in. Um, but... I did the show because since, what year is it? It's 2019. Since like 2016, I've, I've always been doing like shows consistently and I had a, I've had a break, um, a very long break since, well, long for me, um, since like December. And so I literally only did Funny Girl because, well, I'm currently doing Funny Girl because I was bored. I didn't have nothing else to do. And I was depressed because I don't go on hiatus. You kind of did FAF 3.0, but I guess she skipped over that. No, FAF was different because it was low key rushed, and we'll speak on it. It was yeah, it was rushed, and we didn't have the the rehearsal process wasn't as extensive as it normally is, and everybody was 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 all over the place. Everybody was doing other stuff, so unfortunately, I feel like there was um a huge lack of commitment, not just on like. Any, not on anybody specifically, but just in general. Like, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, we got a show next week. We yeah. need to rehearse. <laughs> and, and, and let's speak on that while we're speaking on that. Because I felt like I learned a lot from that as well. And it was rushed. Mm-hmm. And I felt like we were granted with an opportunity to do a show out there that we needed to take that opportunity no matter what. And I felt like because I thought we were talented enough to pull it off, but we weren't disciplined enough. Yeah. I, I just feel like it wasn't anybody's first priority. Like, right. And being in charge, I do take more of a responsibility. responsibility for it because trying to learn how to be in charge of like everyone is one thing, but and then when they're all your friends, it's hard to have to show discipline because I kind of had um, a struggle with that mm-hmm. sometimes, trying not to be rude to my friends and them not taking me seriously when I'm in charge. Right. So that, but that was definitely an experience that I liked going through to learn how to be ready and more prepared for the next show. Mm -hmm. And we just didn't have time from the second show to the third show to be able to do that because of how busy we all were. Yeah. Like I said, we were granted with an opportunity to do it and I didn't want to exclude anyone from the opportunity because I feel like if we could have made it smaller it may have been okay, but even with our individual things, it was still... It was just a lot to take on at once. Right. Like, 
But I was just like, no, we can do it. I feel like if I didn't have so many other people to deal with, that I would have been able to pull something off and make it more... Quality is a, is, is a lot better. Like, that right. show should have had more focus on the quality opposed to the content. Like, oh, we got... Let's just put this in it. You know, we did this from this show. Let's just do this. Or let's just... We got to add this skit because we just need to add another element of this type of thing. Like, opposed to just, you know, maybe working with a few really good things and just making them more polished. And it was hard when the creative <clears throat> process is a, a group process. That yes. was hard. Always trying to... Um, trying to figure that out and I'll always try to look at things like the Megazord from the Power Rangers because <laughs> people always had a job mm -hmm. uh, there was a right arm a left arm the right leg and foot and the left leg and foot mm -hmm. and there was the person in the middle and I don't know if what he was actually controlling but he was in the middle to delegate the other part the order so that's how i feel i'm like so not all the time are you going to be the right leg sometimes you might be the left leg but in certain situations i feel like figuring out who's best at what for this situation needs to be figured out first mm -hmm. so i feel like that otherwise you have everybody throwing in their creative ideas everywhere and it becomes overwhelming and right. then you feel like you're not getting nothing done because it's a lot of time spent. And then working with, like, your friends and family is another hard part. And mm -hmm. sometimes we don't want to accept the fact that maybe we shouldn't work together that closely in that manner. But Or we need to learn Unless how to... Unless things are delegated properly. Right. Learn how to understand that when feelings do get involved or when things get high, mm -hmm. it's okay. We're still friends. We're still family. It's mm -hmm. just about this particular situation. That's a huge problem, too. People don't know how to separate, like, your personal relationships and business things, which is why people just say don't mix business and family. Right, but I always feel like there, you can, I feel like if there's a way to do something that I can figure it out. I always feel like, well, there has to be a way, so I always try to figure it out. Yeah. Even I mean, if I, I get there and it's a fail. Yeah. Yeah, it's just about, you know, hierarchy. So, when it comes to us, so, we all did that show knowing that we didn't have enough time to put on a good quality show. So why did we agree to do it and then not spend more time to make the quality better? Even though like I was in charge, there was still everybody's putting themselves on the stage. Mm -hmm. Why didn't everyone take it, you know, more serious? Like myself included. It's like, well, why did we go on and do that? Why did we choose to just run with dealing with right. quantities opposed to, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like, like for me, like I remember just in that time wishing that like, okay, you know, um, we all have all this stuff going on, but we put on two successful shows already. So this shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Let's just get up there and do it. Like, mm -hmm. and I remember thinking like, no, we need to just stick to some stuff. And it's like, well, no, you know, it's fine. It was like, a, I think it was like a, we just didn't talk about the fact. I don't think anybody communicated that. Like, we probably should have just had a, a sit down and talk about it. But it was just so much going on. Because you were, at the time, you were rehearsing for, um, what's that show uh, that you did? At, guys and Dolls? Yes, you were doing Guys and Dolls. Yes, I was Nicely Nicely Johnson in Guys and Dolls. <laughs> um, I don't know. There was just a lack of communication, too, as far as that. 
because literally you didn't get done until we had a week, right? Right. And then we were throwing stuff together, and then because of like certain people dropping out of the show, um, I like I had to learn a monologue, which I didn't learn. <laughs> I didn't learn. I made up stuff. And the way I felt about it, I'm like, okay, this is. I always look at it like this is your opportunity mm-hmm. to go out there, but it, like to have something thrown on you like that in the last minute, it's like, oh my gosh, here's something else. And then it's like, okay, this is my friend. They believe in me, so I should believe in myself enough to not give up and say, oh no, I can't do it. And you know, when it realistically, should... I cannot do this. I need to take a step back, and I didn't do that, you know. And it also should be okay for you to say, no, I, I can't do this, and mm-hmm. for us to be like, all right. Right. And I feel like we don't do that enough. People also, a lot of the times, don't have alternatives. Because, you know, even for me, like, in that, I couldn't think of an alternative to say, okay, I can't do this, but maybe I can do this. Like, instead, I'm like, okay, well, I'll just try to figure it out. Like, and I didn't really give myself enough time to um, to perfect it. I mean, there really wasn't any time in general. But, like, I don't know. That's why, there, That's why. like I said, there need to be people um, delegated to be responsible for certain things. Like, okay, you were in charge of that, giving me that. So, you know, I don't know. I just feel like. Like, even if I looked at it all and more- saw that it wasn't wasn't working i should have been like you know what we need to cut this right opposed to just saying oh you know it's fine yeah and i felt like that about a couple of them i was like this isn't what i wanted it to be mm-hmm. like i feel like even with that like if it's if your vision isn't coming to life the way you wanted it to it should just be able to, i should just be able to be like you know what we got to just cut this and we're gonna move on with the rest of this stuff right and we got to be able to make those decisions without worrying that we're going to like hurt someone's feelings because that's definitely not what it's about. And I definitely feel like I get into that a lot of worrying about um, hurting somebody's feelings or like cutting somebody at their feet or whatever this thing may be. Mm-hmm. But um, again, it was, I always feel like those experiences are good for the type of business that we want to be in to learn them right now and to learn them with our friends because we do end up being able to discuss it and move forward from it. So now we just have to apply those methods to the next time we work together because Mm -hmm. I believe, you know, I believe in all of us so much that we are very talented and professional and that we could be very successful together. That's, oh yeah, that's one thing that I, I love, like, very, I'm very grateful to have like all these people. We're basically basically like a company of just we limitless just talent, a good time. like all the time. It's it's just great. But in that same sense, like we can literally learn off of each other. Like you said, the whole the whole point in Fab was creating something <clears throat> that we could we could kind of you know drive ourselves and and perform in our own. Standard. And we did it and three we, times. Three times. <laughs> it was. Like, I can't believe it. Like we did, Like we said, we wanted to do something. That's why. I, like <laughs> since then and before then, I, that's why I, I want to do this now. I'm like, everything we say we want to do, we can do. Mm-hmm. And I just think, I do think I get ahead of myself sometimes when I'm trying to make other people do that too. That's what I need to. Take a step back. Yes, you do. On, but I'm just like everything is possible. Like, oh wait, Kevin uh, Garnett, anything is possible. <laughs> Come on. And that's how this I feel. So I'm just so excited. You yes. You do. 
I do. That's what happened with that monologue. <laughs> He's like, like, Michaela, you could do it. I'm like, okay, but I can, but I don't have the time. I just, I'm just, I feel like I'm holding other Michaela accountable when we had the conversation about wanting the opportunity for more um, roles, right. like a, more acting. acting so I was like, yeah. well, I hope she can do this. Even though it's under uh, um, the, you know, the mm-hmm. time period was very short. I was like, I feel like it's a good opportunity for her to at least try and throw herself into it. And and me, I'm like, I don't care how it goes. I want to see how it goes. That's what I wanted. I wanted to see how it was going to go mm-hmm. for the next time. Right. So you could at least see and that was part what of the you could do. Why, like, I didn't care how you how it went. Why why the the conversation never came up? Like, okay, maybe this is too much in such a short period of time. Because it's like in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, we did have that conversation about you know what how I actually see myself as a performer. There was a point in time where I looked at myself as more of an actress opposed to like a singer because that's just how I felt. Like I wanted to do more acting. Um, but I didn't, at the time I didn't have really a lot of opportunities to actually do it. And um, like automatically James basically said, okay, well you need to challenge yourself to do that. And I think that was one of those opportunities. And it was like, okay, so remember X amount of months ago when you said, it's like, oh yeah, you did. I, yeah, I did. I did say that. So it's like, okay, well I can't argue with it now. The show's a week away. I got to do this monologue and I got to be an actress since that's what you, you're an actress, Michaela, quote unquote. And it's a problem for me to always feel like I can make anything work at, at no cost. Mm -hmm. So I felt like even when you were like, I I memorized most of it. But I couldn't really remember the end of it. I was like, okay, we'll just finish it off how you want to finish it off. Think about the conversation and where you want it to go and just finish it. Mm-hmm. And just become a character. Because I just think going at things, because we didn't necessarily go to class to learn what to do. So I kind of have like my own method that I try to just pass off. But at, in that, I want you to take what does work for you and maybe mm-hmm. not work for you. Or even if nothing works for you, just take from what you think could work and apply that and make your own method from it. Mm-hmm. Just like sharing what I think I have learned that might have worked for me, you know, in any situation. Right. But I'm like, okay, so in this situation, just, just take a step in it and just go at it and just go completely go for it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had a job interview recently and we were all sitting in the same room. So I got to hear other people's interviews. And the way I thought I was going to go into it was, hi, yes, my name is James. Oh, what are some things you can tell me about you, James? I'm like, well, I like tennis. It's my favorite sport to watch. It's my favorite sport to play. Um, I do musical theater. That's how I, I was going to go into it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? Well, I've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race. And it's this character, I'm sorry, character, um, drag queen on there named Silky. Mm-hmm. And big personality. Sometimes people can't stand it, but always on. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to just use my personality. And I thought, I was like, I'm just, I should act at the interview how I would be at work. Right. So she started asking questions. I was like, tennis. Tennis is my favorite sport to watch and play. I do musical theater. And started telling her some things and we were talking. And her name was... Her nickname was Tito. So I was like, is your nickname Tito? You're the second Teresa that I've ever met and the nickname was Tito. Hmm. I never met a, man, a woman named Teresa. <laughs> That um, went by Tito. Mm-hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, 
Arriving late is Trayvell Maurice. Nice haircut. Moving on. Well, no, I never met anybody named that, but I just went into it like, you know, I'm just gonna let my personality like do the talking. And she asked me this one question. She was like, if there was something up. <laughs> if there was something wrong and you and you didn't like the job, how would I be able to tell? Um, she was like, I forgot what the question was, but she was like, how would I know that you had an issue or um, a problem with the job? Um, how would I be able to tell? I said, um, on my face. That's how you'd be able to tell because I'd be looking like. <laughs> and she just thought that was so funny. And I just was like, ha, 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 I'll be here all night. That's how I felt. <laughs> but um, so I just think um, sometimes you just have to jump into things and just go for it, like completely go for it and, That's what and I'm lose yourself. Too. Yeah. It's like, I, I, like, I have a problem with thinking too hard, and as a result of me thinking too hard, like, for, like, auditions, or in general, like, even James asking me to do, like, you know, to do this podcast, I'm like, okay, so what you gonna ask me? Like, I need to mentally prepare myself, but in me trying to do that, I don't, the way that I'm set up, like, I don't feel like there's any amount of mental preparation that I, that I would actually be able to do that I would actually be able to thrive on successfully like I'm a lot of the times I'm kind of an in the moment type of person like when I plan to do or say something it never goes that way like I can't preemptively make up anything and actually go with it like so really yeah I'm really bad at that like I don't know if you anybody really knows that but I'm really bad at like planning things to say or like I don't know Planning responses if if somebody asks me this question or it, whatever, I'm not good at that. I'm a lot better in the moment. Um. So. Yeah. Well, Trey is here, and Trey, do you have a moment? <laughs> I don't actually. No, where are you going? Away. Say hello. This this is not real. Is this real? This is real. This is not real. This is all live. This is us, America. Is this real for real? Yes. Why would you bring your stuff like that? Hi. Okay, we're going to take that back. Take that back. Bring that back. Bring that back. So, ladies and gentlemen, introducing <laughs> the voice, living legend, legend. Trayvill Maurice. <sighs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. AKA Tortoise. <laughs> So he just got lined up, crispy, way shpoppy. Not um, pork face. Over there looking like a schnick. A schnick. A delicacy, had, okay? And then he had money. A delicacy. A Swiss roll. A Swiss roll. So I'm going to need you to lean a little bit, speak up a little bit. So we were actually talking about our experience with the FAF shows and more FAF 3.0 than the, um, the rest about how we rushed to do the show and everyone's commitment level, you know, especially with us being in charge. And I don't know if I said or not, but Trey was adamant about we shouldn't do that show, but I felt like we needed to take the opportunity 
to see what we could do under the pressure mm -hmm. to see if people were going to come and see it mm -hmm. to just be able to say we performed on that stage for different reasons and I did just jump into it I was like something good can come out of this that was like how I was feeling I was just trying to take every opportunity because I didn't know how many opportunities we we can get mm -hmm. and I know we don't always need to take every opportunity Definitely a learning experience. <laughs> Why don't you share your experience with that show? Well, my experience with that show was horrible. I actually did not like performing Nan bit not one number that I liked performing. You know. I didn't think it was visually where it needed to be as an art form. Mm -hmm. You know? And, you know, our shows are heavy on lighting and sound and you know, all that stuff. Ensemble pieces, and it was missing that. It was more so Fab 3.0 to me was more so like a talent show. That's how I viewed it. Mm -hmm. You know, we gave gave her a little moment to dance, thirty seconds, this little breakaway song. We had a praise dancer. Yeah. You know, who won the competition at the end? No, we actually did have a competition. Season the, of the uh, year. Season of the year, yeah. You know, it was a talent show <laughs> to me, basically. Which I won, by the way. I just and I that. just didn't think. <laughs> I didn't think that the show was prepared or ready, and I do think we jumped into it. And I told James, we should not do the show. Now, of course, James did not want to hear that. So, thus we had the result we had. Okay, so let's break it down. Good and bad moments. What were the, the good takeaways from 3.0? That you should never jump into something unless you are fully prepared. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's no. the biggest thing that Trey knew ahead of time. Trey knew that ahead of time, which is why I was trying to save us one time and two money. Because <laughs> every show is an investment, and that you know it's just hard. You know. I think it was a. I think a good thing for me, at least, which I wouldn't say should be a good takeaway just for me. I think it should be a general takeaway. Um, I think it's a, a little bit of a reality check because I think mm -hmm. sometimes people, well, us, well, no, not just us, but people in general, like, you know, when they become um, kind of looked at as a performer in, like, their hometown or whatever, um, they tend to get comfortable. And I feel like the fact that we were able to successfully do a show. Now, of course, the odds were against us because of lack of time and the lack of commitment that we could all put to it because of everything we had going on was one thing. Mm -hmm. But we put two successful shows on where we always perform. And then we go somewhere else and it's not as successful. We didn't really get a right. huge following of people to come and, and we all were a little disappointed in it at the end of the day. I think it's a reality check, mm -hmm. you know, in a sense that we have to put as much, if not more, effort into trying to, you know, expand. show other expand and show other people our talent that we all know that we have and that our friends and family know that we have. Right. We have to do that plus more to, you know, reach other people. Right. Like I mean, like I said, granted. Or to gain the success that we all want. I agree mm -hmm. with that. I definitely So I think agree that was a that. good takeaway. That's why I try to look at everything like it's a lesson. That was a that show was a big Yeah, I mean at the time we were doing hairspray and we did a promotional video for that the week of the actual show up here is great and up there mm -hmm. but we were opening our show in three weeks right that was no time for marketing mm -hmm. you know yeah 
off of a little video that we didn't get until two weeks before right, well, exactly. the sh actual show date. Nobody was coming to that. Nobody mm -hmm. was planning or preparing to go to it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Until they saw it and was like, oh, yeah, uh, oh, you guys are doing another show. Good, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. I'll see if I can make it, you know? And we had some people who were loyal and showed up at Sat Pro Real Center who had been to all three fasts, but... That means something to me that pe those few people, came. As, as few as they yeah, are, I mean, came. it meant something to me, too. But mm -hmm. I'm saying, like, those few people that came were also from Youngstown. Yes. Was the point, you know? So we have very few people that were actually from that area to come see the show. Right. But one of the things I do look at also that I feel like was a good um, thing out of it is the few pe people who were able to perform on that stage. Like, I know Desiree was um, very excited to perform on the stage. and she yeah, had too, definitely. Yeah. And to just show them a different side of the theater to be able on that stage. I feel like it's something that can um, um, motivate them. Like, that's how I felt. Attend, a little bit of a tangible experience mm -hmm. to motivate you. motivate you, yeah. So that was a good thing, too. But, and it did definitely teach me about preparation and maybe not taking every opportunity i felt like we needed it to have another one though i'm like maybe if we don't if we don't do it this time maybe we won't be able to do it at all again mm -hmm. so i was like maybe if, if i take this one maybe it's a good opportunity to be able to do it another time mm -hmm. so i just went with it but again definitely a lesson learned yes period and so <laughs> me and michaela also we were um having a conversation about procrastination. I know that was definitely a big procrastination with that whole show. But why even with your individual projects that we have, such as pr trying to prepare for an audition or even a show that we're in, do we decide to procrastinate? Would you like to share some experiences that you're going through now or have gone through? Yes. Um, I have something potentially coming up that I need to be prepared for um, and I have not prepared at all because like I don't know I was saying to James um, that that's one of my biggest problems um, I, I think I, I just even mentioned it like that I have a problem with preparing for things that make me anxious because I know myself like I know that I'm better in the moment you know as far as tapping into myself and however you should still, you know, at least to some extent, be prepared for the things that are important to you. Like, and I have a problem with procrastinating. I really do. And then, like, being on stage is an in-the-moment thing. And I feel like what's going to come out naturally is just going to happen, regardless. So, I mean, that's almost an excuse. But as a result, I, I just, I procrastinate a lot. I've always had that issue. And it's, it's, it's not, it's not going to get no better. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's something I, I can work on, but... It is something that you can work on. It's not maybe. Yeah. So what are you going to say today? I'm sorry, what? You're going to make the change today? Isn't that how those shows be? You're going to take responsibility responsibility for yourself. Be quiet, Tiffany. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're not going to This is there. me taking responsibility by acknowledging it. Yes. So what changes do you think you can start with that are something just small that could be a good change? I'll tell you, America. <laughs> so I, I told Michaela earlier, um, Trayvon Maurice, ladies and gentlemen, and he's one of the most stay on ready 
people that I I know on this on this earth and not procrastinating. Right. Um so I have learned a lot from him, but the little things count also. So I just received the script and I I put um punch holes them. in all of those. And I put it in the binder and I felt really good about that. And I felt like Trey taught me that. <laughs> I highlighted my lines. I felt really prepared. Wow. Right. There's in a lot. alternate universe. Right. Somewhere it's the day before the first rehearsal. And you sitting here with the script not open. Right. And looked at it. Ain't heard not one note of music. Or all out of order. Binder, right. no no highlighter, no pencil. And you leave it in three hours. But I sure did get it together. I was like, you know what? Let me just go ahead, highlight everything, get it ready so I can start learning this. And I felt like I learned that from Trey. So even, but still seeing him, sometimes I'm still very lazy, even having a person right here who just is staying on ready. So even having somebody be the example might not work for you. You're going to have to maybe go through an experience, but I definitely have been more encouraged being with Trey to stay on ready, you know? Like I said, sometimes you need tangible examples and, and tangible things to, to motivate you to do things. So we are grateful for Trey being the example. Thank you, Trevell Maurice. Speaking of Trevell Maurice. <laughs> yes, I can't deal with you. Ladies and gentlemen, you're looking at one of the youngest directors in the Youngstown Playhouse history. Okay? Trayvon Maurice will be directing Dreamgirls, the musical, coming this fall to the Youngstown Playhouse, ladies and gentlemen. It opens September 6th and runs for two weekends, Friday through Sunday. Maybe three. Maybe three. You never know. Question mark. Da- Hell, so, um, maybe four. <laughs> maybe four. Hold on now. He pushing it. He pushing it. I'm about to say, who? The Playhouse where? What's Playhouse? Playhouse right. Square? Or- so... He is very excited. Auditions will be coming up very soon, June 10th and 11th. Are those the dates? Yes. Yes? So, Trey, (laughs) are you finished or are you done? Are you finished? He has no idea, ladies and gentlemen. He's an old soul. (laughs) What? (laughs) Did you get that? I didn't get that. I don't understand. Just kidding. So, Trey, <laughs> Dream Girls, tell us about it. Uh, Dream Girls is a musical uh, that was created in 1980s. Sorry about that. In the 1980s, I believe it was 1982 when the show was created, and oh, you want to fact check that? You can't just be saying that. I believe it was the 80s, because um, it was 39 years, well, 30, almost 40 years ago. But um, I believe it was. Uh, matter of fact, it might be the 70s. It we may be the on. 70s. We about to find out though soon. One second. Plays elevator music. Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wow. I'm not a part of that. I'm not a part of this DC3. No. Yes, you are. No, no, no. Trey is so fake, y'all. He'd be the first one crying like, y'all never want to sing with me. Then when it's his time to take his part, he don't want to take it. Ever. Every single time since we did that freaking show in February. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm a live in the moment. That was 81. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's 
1981. 1981. Trey was off one year. 1981. 1981. The Play Dream Girls was written and, well, probably not written, but produced on stage in New York. And uh, it's a story about um, three, ooh, ooh, sorry, three girls who uh, are from from Chicago, Illinois, and they are uh, willing to... uh, chase their dreams. So they come to the Apollo Theater to uh, hopefully win a a contest. Back in that time, you know, many people were coming through the Apollo trying to win contests from the Supremes to the Marvelettes to all of these folks. The the, uh, Temptations. Everybody. Gladys Knight and the... What was that? Gladys Knight and the Peeps. Pips. 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 Oh, just go ahead, boys. Just go ahead. Pips. He's, he I, thought peeps. Y'all. He I thought it was Peeps. I thought it was the Peeps. Anywho. Anywho. Oh, I'm younger now. You know, all those names were cheesy and corny anyway. So oh, you are disrespectful. They were. It's okay. They low-key was. Barry Gordy <laughs> asked the Supremes before they became they the Supremes. They, they were back. called the the Premets. That's what they yeah, were called. They were. The Premets That's are what beautiful. they were called. And he was like, okay, if I'm going to sign y'all, y'all got to change your name to... The Supremes, the they could have been the Rainy the, Queens, the the Sparkles or something, something. <laughs> yeah, they were literally called yeah. those cheesy names, and Diana Ross said the name. Supremes, you know, and that's what they went for. Anywho, but they go out to the Apollo to chase their dream, and then only to find out uh, later in the story how hard the showbiz life really is. And how manipulative it is, how betraying it could be, and and see the good and the bad of what success takes and what it looks like in the end. And um, by the end of the story, these characters make uh, a decision to uh, remain in the industry or to be happy doing what they want to do, you know. And we see many people's uh, story progress and some people's stories do not progress in the story. So uh, it's very interesting because I do feel like it's relevant now. I mean, us as artists at this table, uh, this is the industry we are trying to be in. And I feel like this story tells the rawness of what it takes to be able to achieve what we want to achieve in this life as artists, because it's not easy. So definitely. So just a little rundown. Because y'all know there are people out there in the world who have not seen Dreamgirls or heard of it. And it's bonkers to me. But they haven't. Mm. And we know some of those people. Crazy. But anyway, so Dreamgirls hit Broadway 81. They revived it in 87. And they got the Tonys and stuff in 88. So in 2006, Dreamgirls hit the big screen. And that's with the likes of Jennifer Hudson, Beyonce, Mm. Eddie Murphy. Okay. Okay. What's um Nick and Noni Rose, okay? Oh, listen, my queen, listen, okay? Mm. And so that's the dream girls that our generation fell in love with. Yes. So now Dream Girls the music is not is a little different, okay? Yeah, it's not the same there are thing. some songs that won't be in Dream Girls the Musical. Love you I do. Uh only three. Only three from the movie were written listen, for the movie. Won't be there. But there are some songs that will be there that you will grow to love. It is still, it's actually the original story. So you think you know, but you don't really know. You're going to fall in love with 
your favorite musical all, all over. over. And it is going to slay. So, Trey, why don't you tell us some of the things you're expecting at the auditions? Well, I'm expecting to see uh, some new faces. Um, I'm excited to see what the community is going to bring to the table. Because uh, it's turned out to be a real big deal. Yeah, one of my uh, goals for the show is to tell the story in a new, fresh way. Because the story is 30 years old, and they made a movie, and people have all these representations of what the show is. But I'm trying to make the show based off the people who audition. I really want to tell the story and bring that story to a theater near you, where you could relate to the story in all forms, even if you're not a uh, an, an artist trying to pursue this industry. The uh, story of self-worth and um, loyalty and uh, friendship, uh, relationship, uh, trust, all those things are uh, represented in this story, and I feel like are uh, things that need to be discussed uh, here in today's time. So it's an exciting thing. Uh, I'm expecting to see many, 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 many of people uh, at auditions, and I just want to see what people bring to the table, honestly. Uh, it should be their rendition of of the characters, not necessarily what you have seen like in the movie. Right, I mean, like, when you audition, if you're auditioning for the show, when you audition for the show, I would like to see people uh, put their own twists on these characters. Or not, not even that, be the character. Be be Dina, be Curtis, be, like, I want to see that. Not Beyonce. You know, don't, don't try to imitate, you know, have you ever seen anybody trying to imitate what sexy look like instead of just being sexy? Like that, you look silly trying to imitate sexy, you know? of what your mind thinks sexy is, you know? Mm -hmm. But when you just be you, that is sexy. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm looking for, uh, some good tips on, you know, what directors look for in auditions are you to be yourself and not to imitate these roles uh, because of how you seen Beyonce, who was being herself. Yes. So why don't you tell them a couple of things they should be prepared for at the auditions? What song? Uh, well, you need to be prepared to uh, audition with a 16 bar. If you don't know what bar is, if you read sheet music, sheet music bars are a measure, if you know what that means. A measure of music, 16 of those, uh, of any pop or R&B song. Or if you are auditioning uh, for a title role, like Gina Curtis, Jimmy, uh, FB, whatever. Um, Laurel. Laurel, yes. Uh, Marty. Any of the leads, uh, you definitely need to uh, sing a song that they sing in the show. I would prefer you do your research before you get good acting. Good actor's tip. If you are auditioning for any show, it is good to do research prior to coming there. If you do not, more than likely, you will not get the job. And if you come <laughs> and you audition for a song and you say you want to be Dina, you still will be asked to sing one of Dina's songs, so you better know one. Correct. Period. Okay. Correct. So just real quick, Michaela, tell us why you fell in Dreamgirls, in love with Dreamgirls. Just real quick. Because we all love that show. Wait, you, what did you say? Tell us why you fell in love with Dreamgirls, the music. 
oh, I mean the movie. The, well, I was gonna say, unfortunately, I don't know much about the musical, um, but I just like how because it's the story. It's, it's right. the musical in the movie, the, but it's the story. Right, yeah, it it is the story. It's the the rawness of you know, like you guys were saying, like how um, people were trying to battle real life and you know what was going on, you know, as far as them trying to get into the industry and like. I've, that's one thing that I've, I've heard a lot from, like, my, my mom, you know, and my um, aunt based on their experience. Like, that's a huge, consistent thing. Like, loyalty and trust and, and um, your relationship with the people that are closest to you compared to your relationship with, you know, people in the industry trying to, you know, help you make it or whatever. It always comes down to that. Like, and I feel like, I feel like this story, it talks a lot about family and and, and trying to just—I don't know what I'm trying to say. You, but I you just, choose your family. That's basically, what the show's you about, choose your family, you know? right? Basically. And it just—I just appreciate the story for how real it is. Like, it really, it really depicts all of that in a really somehow in one show, like everything that people go through, and it's like a constant thing. Yeah, and that's the struggle we can relate to do. from our side of the community, and. It, there's so many people that you can get behind in the movie because you can feel like Effie at one moment, then you can feel yes. like the, like the story between them to me is so beautiful for people who don't know the story. Um, it's you, anybody could be the quote unquote bad guy. Yeah, um, regardless of which side. In the um, dressing room when she was like, "I don't want to sing in the lead." Um, Effie does like have the better voice. Let her sing lead. Dina wanted it, mm-hmm. but. I might, like the way I felt about it, she knew or she felt like Effie wanted it more or needed it more. Mm-hmm. So she was going to sacrifice her wants for Effie. That's mm-hmm. the, one of the things that yeah. I love. Like that's the thing that's to me, it's like, wow, that's the thing that's like gut wrenching right. that she was willing to do that. And then you have Laurel. She was the younger one. She's just excited. Mm-hmm. But they were over here making these big decisions. Dina was willing to be in the shadows which then when she moved to the front she did what she felt like she was doing for them all right there's a point of view for everybody mm-hmm. and she got story. swept up in it and it caused right. the tear between the two of them mm-hmm. yeah. and then we see you know as a result with Dina you know taking the lead if you have seen the movie uh, you see how unhappy Dina becomes over time by being front row center doing what she thought she loved to do but in doing what she thought she loved to do she found she found a new love mm-hmm. you know she lost the love for being a showgirl mm-hmm. you know but she wanted now to be a movie star right that you know she lost that love you know the very love that Effie was you know uh, her dream was snatched away from her you know basically right under her feet you know and here is Dina after 10 years not wanting to do any of it anymore you know mm-hmm. And here's Effie, who had not had her chance, but now has her chance. But instead of doing it with her friends, she's now doing it alone. And it's maybe what needed to happen from the beginning. What they should have realized from the start, that maybe Effie, even though they love doing it together, maybe Effie's destiny was to be a solo artist, so that way she could do her things the way they wanted to do. But at the time, they were what they went through helped them get to those positions. It was mm-hmm. unfortunate the way it happened. Right. And I'm glad that the way the story comes back around in a beautiful way because it's almost more satisfying for Effie to achieve it the way she had to, the way she had to persevere and go through everything to come back on top. Mm-hmm. But can we talk about 
the real winner of the show was the music. <laughs> the music is just, it's just, when I heard it, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Where has this been all my life? Mm-hmm. And I had have been listening to it since I discovered it in 2006 because I wasn't big on theater at the time at all. So I didn't know anything about Dreamgirls, a musical or whatever it was. So when the movie came out, the music was everything to me. So I'm very excited for that to hopefully be a part of it, you know, because I'm sure everybody and their moms are going to come out, but I'm telling them now it's going to be a battle for any spot you want because it's going to be the hottest show in town folks you heard it here you heard it here so in closing i would like to thank my fellow artists i appreciate you both very very much thank you for being in my lives and teaching me a lot of great things so what have we learned today not to procrastinate not to procrastinate audition for dream girls Audition for Dream Girls. Be prepared before you get there. You know, you only have one life, you know, YOLO, but YOLO carefully, cautiously, because if you you plan to have a long life, you need to be prepared for your future. So be smart. Remember, be smart. You need to be smart at whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. Because it'll help you out. It's convenient for yourself. So I'd like to thank you. I love you both. We did it, guys. That's our first episode. All right, that's a wrap. Back it up. Bring it out. That was a little ending, though. Is this thing on?